championship of two playoff teams in the East. Your, are you, are there your, your Hawks now, too? Uh, as long as they don't lose by two tonight, they're my okay, Hawks. There you go. That's what I thought. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if you were on them like you are the Sixers now. No, I wish I would have bet the Wizards tonight, man. I even said that when I came in here tonight, but no Brad Beal, no Coos, and they're up 20 right now on the Celtics. Celtics, I, Celtics are checked out this regular season. They're ready to get into the playoffs. They want no business with this regular season. The only team in the East that still cares about the regular season, other than the Philadelphia 76ers, is the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's why I think they're going to win it all, guys. Because the they don't need to ramp back up when we get to the playoffs. Yeah. Like They're in playoff that's, mode right now. They're see, ready that's to roll. my thing, is you have this conversation about teams that are bored in the regular season. But if you then have that mentality and you're not sharp going into the playoffs, that's how good teams get knocked out early. Although... Now in the West, he's back. Kevin Durant. And that's all I needed to feel good about the Suns. I hate to be so chalky, but if those two teams are healthy, I just don't it's see anybody okay else. It's okay to be chalky. It's fine. They're the two best teams. You're not stupid for thinking that I, that's the case. I feel like I can make the case for Boston over Milwaukee or maybe Philadelphia over Milwaukee more than I can any team in the West over a healthy Suns team. Yes. Yeah. Right? Because, like, who gives them the best series? If Kevin Durant... And Devin Booker are fully healthy. I don't care what you get from Chris Paul. If you get anything from Chris Paul and I don't have to see campaign. If DeAndre Ayton is involved in any part of the offense, I feel pretty good about that. I don't worry about the depth because we shorten up the rotations anywhere, anyway. And I don't really worry about – I love Mikel Bridges. I don't worry about losing his defense because Kevin Durant's a really good defender as well. So I just wonder, like, who gives them the best series? 6-1 to one to win the NBA title behind Maybe the Bucks Clippers? at plus 275. Yeah, Celtics I know, at plus 350. Chase Kitty jumps on with us, of course, joins us every week, hosts the Lion's Edge podcast. We love having him on. And what, what are you doing right now, kind of filling the time with no, uh, no March Madness? And then we know we got a couple of days of it, and then it's over. Like, we're, sit we're sitting here talking, we're like, God, you're getting this last little bit of the NBA regular season. I know the Masters is coming yeah. up. It just feels, I don't know, man, it feels a little empty right now. I'm going to be honest with you. It's kind of that long, like, content dead season where you – we, we've gone from the job is easy and you just write about what's in front of you and you got seven options a day to now it's like daily wake up, find something to write about. And it just gets drier and drier and drier until you get into August, you kind of get over that hump. Uh, you know, we got opening day coming up in a couple of couple of days. So looking at some, some win totals in baseball, uh, my attention has been elsewhere. So I can't say that I've like really fully scrutinized that total transparency on the podcast. I got a couple picks I like, that's about it. You know, we're there. We're, we're watching the last couple of March Madness games, tennis here and there. You know, I, I find what I can. Yeah, you just uh, – my ears just perked up. Tennis. <laughs> That's where I want to go. Miami. You're you're Probably a tennis convert all of a sudden now, Ryan? When did this happen? Uh, Ryan will be anything that wins him money. You know that, Chase. No, I've always I, – I, I can't play it, but I love watching it and I love betting it. Anything that you have for us, Chase? Any futures? Anything tonight? Right. Anything coming up? Right now, no. And my, you know, you love when the when the tournaments come through a U.S. swing because the the times get a little bit more normal. Like I'm yeah. kind of used to grinding these like Kazakhstani matches where the it's like two thirty a.m. and the you know the match is about to start. So the the good part of that is you can watch more, but the bad part of it is you don't get the weird late night tip, uh, late night you know first first serve or anything. So it's. That that part of it is a little lesser, but I don't I don't have any, I don't have anything in Miami right now. I'm uh, I'm kind of bide my time till we get to clay season at this point. Chase, we were talking last segment, and I know you were listening because you like to do your errands and work on He's handicapping while uh, listening show. to our show, right. especially before you come That's on. True. 
What am I missing? What is the biggest difference in your estimation from what you've seen, besides just straight scoring, like just besides the point differential in these matchups between Texas and UConn? So I was listening to the, the last segment and the Texas-UConn thing, and I think the answer, Trista, I could be wrong about this. I think UConn is the superior possession team. I, I just feel like, and, and that's not something that's easily quantifiable, and it's not something that's necessarily an asset in every game, but in a tournament setting, I just feel like there's such a premium on, we feel really good about our chances to go down on offense and get a bucket. We're going to go down and get a stop. We've got the length. We've got the size. We can go down and get a bucket. They put together these runs, and then I feel like it's really hard for teams to to catch up with them once they've hit that run, kind of like you guys were talking about. So I just think the way they're put together and the way that Big East basketball is often played, they're just such a good possession-by-possession possession team, and that's such an asset in a tournament setting. So I guess at that point then, do you like UConn to win this whole thing, or are you in the in the boat that, like, I love UConn. To, I bet UConn to win at the beginning of the tournament. Don't get me wrong. I bet other teams too. UCLA let me down. But, like, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm nervous. I look at even a team like FAU and go, at this point, it just doesn't make sense. They're the smallest team in the country, yet they're out-rebounding everybody they play. Nothing makes sense. Like, are you confident that UConn – they may be the best team, but are they going to win? I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, a lot of, lot of different directions to take that. The first Absolutely. question is, you, you said you bet UConn at the start. What number did you get it at? Uh, 10, I think, 10 to 1. So you got options. I mean, like you shouldn't be you should be the least nervous of the four of us. You you got options here. Just, you know, do the hedge math and and you're gold. I know. I know. <laughs> um, just, you know, there, there's something to be said though for nailing that national champion, you know. That's true. Uh especially in college basketball of all sports where you're starting with a field of 68. Um look, it, I was actually surprised looking at the looking at the when they reset the odds market. There's four teams left, and they and they price everybody out. I was actually surprised UConn was this low. I thought at minus one twenty five, I was surprised they weren't a bigger favorite. Uh, and, and that's understanding the other numbers are plus three seventy five for San Diego State, plus four seventy five uh, for Miami, then six twenty five for Florida Atlantic. That's at BetMGM right now as of five minutes ago. Uh, so I was surprised that UConn wasn't a bigger favorite just for pure market reasons. When you look at these four teams, if you ask 100 people, which of these four teams do you want, even if you factor in the prices, I think 96 people are choosing UConn, I, even at the shorter number. So I was a little surprised. You know, College basketball, college sports, it's such a haves and have-nots landscape we will not be surprised if UConn wins a fifth national championship since 1999 because that's what we're accustomed to in these sports. We see the Blue Bloods win all the time. We see the Georgias and the Alabamas win in college football all the time. It will be a little weird if Florida Atlantic wins a national championship. And they're two wins away, and they're good enough. So, you know, no disrespect to them. It's just from a historical standpoint, people look at this stuff and they bet what has always happened so from an odd standpoint, I was surprised that UConn was this short. I I would have thought they'd be closer to like maybe like a minus 185. Just really like try to dissuade people from betting it. Uh, I, I think that does make me question some of the other prices as well. 
Miami, I like cut me off at any point if, if you want me to like go in a different direction here. But Miami was a surprising number to me too. You guys are saying you're surprised that nobody else believes in Miami. Nobody's believed in Miami the entire tournament. I was looking at all the Sweet 16 futures prices a week ago. Miami opened the season at 50 to 1. They're sitting there in the Sweet 16, four wins away from the national championship. They're still 50 to 1. So only now are they this this short number that's just under five to one. It's kind of shocking how little the odds market believes in them as the only other power conference team that's left in this thing. And isn't Chase it odd to you if you do the math that they are plus five uh, plus four seventy five because to beat UConn it's plus two hundred. So yeah. then what happens? So say you beat UConn plus two hundred, you're favored in that championship game are you not against Florida Atlantic or San Diego State I would think so just just because of branding I mean I know that's a dumb way to think about it but that stuff matters so how do we get from plus 200 and we'll just call it minus 125 at the very least to plus 475 the math ain't mathing (laughs) well you're exactly right and and I think you know there's so many public dollars now in all of this I think if you really start to pay attention to some of the overround stuff, you can find angles to get into stuff from just pure math. I mean, it, the the reality is most people aren't thinking about it in, in that perspective. They're just not. They're thinking about it from I think this team's going to win or they're I think this team's going to win. They're not thinking about the overround. That's just not how it works. Did you do anything with tournament most outstanding player or as far as like pricing is there a look that you would like if you didn't want to you know play game by game if you didn't like anything for the side or total but did want a little that a little action is there anybody that maybe you would look at um i didn't bet anything i don't even know what the market looks like i can tell you not great to be honest yeah i would think not 200 yeah if yeah, Kansas State had, had hung on against Florida Atlantic, I, I might have taken a, a dart there. I might have thought about it at that point, just because it's it was really starting. You could feel that narrative bridge being formed, and in so many of those awards, not just college basketball, but NBA, NFL, all these individual awards are so narrative based. They're they're almost given out by the media, even though they're not, just because of how like stories are shaped by the people that tell the stories of these games. So you could really start to feel something going on there. Uh, with him, but it's it's I, I got no position in the market right now. As the uh, BetQL ambassador for Major League Baseball, Chase, <laughs> I haven't slept in like 21 days. I'm so excited to just talk <laughs> some baseball. To be honest with you, just Yankees, Rays, all of it. Anything that you've played, win totals, futures, any teams that you're yeah. excited for, maybe a number that you're waiting for. Let's let's do it. We got 48 hours until opening day. If you didn't know this, BetQL, I will be hosting the live chat literally all day. I expect to see you in there asking me some questions, Chase. <laughs> Well, Ryan, I know you're captain. I know you're captain NL Central. So let me no, let me give you, you something that you'd be interested in. Yes, I. It's not my favorite bet, but it's the one I'm most interested in. I'm really attracted to this Brewers number because the Brewers last year they go 86 and 76, and the market this year for their win total is 85 and a half. And I love this stuff. I really nerd out over it because the idea is. The book is telling you, whether bettors realize it or not, what they're telling you is, can they do it again? That's that's all the bet is, is can they do exactly what they did last year? And people are going to look at the Brewers, I think, and go, well, you know, that's a pretty well-run organization. They got some decent bats in there. The rotation's good. Like, why can't they win 86 games again? I think they even had some injury problems last year. Maybe they get a positive bounce. I think what people, 
it, unless you're really tuned into what's going on with baseball before the season even starts, what people may have forgotten is that the divisional games that are, are being sort of wound back and you're not going to get, if, if you're in the NL Central, you're not going to get tons and tons of games against the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds. So you're going to get tougher, stiffer competition if you're the Brewers or really any other team. Uh, you're going to have to play more extra divisional games and that's going to be challenging. So I think the Brewers, even if they are as good or better than they were last year, they couldn't end up with a worse record because of that strength of schedule issue. Uh, I think it's going to affect them maybe more than any other NL team because of the division they play in. And that's why I really like the under 85 and a half on the Brewers. You can find other ways to attack that as well in in other places. Like you can go look in the AL East and look at maybe Boston or Baltimore and make the case that, hey, these guys play in a stacked division, but they're going to have an easier schedule than they've historically had. They're not going to have to play these extra games against the Yankees or the Blue Jays or the Rays or each other. So maybe there's an overlook there, even though with Boston, I kind of like an under. No, I mean, I completely agree, man. Just really quickly to follow up on that, 86.5 was the open on the Brewers. I even laid the minus 125 to go under. I also think they could be sellers at the deadline. They've already pissed off Corbin Burns. I think they mm -hmm. could move him. Keston Hera isn't even on the roster. Like, I don't know who you're excited about in that lineup unless Christian Yelich is 2019 Yelich again. So I completely agree. I think that's the best bet on the board right now. Curious, Chase, before we let you go, about about a minute. Have you done anything with NFL win totals or taking a look at uh, some of these ones that just came out today, depending on you know, what book you look at? I have not. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to write about Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. So I, I haven't quite looked at uh, the, the NFL numbers yet, but I, I'm sure they're they're there for the long offseason for me. It's the, the yeah. saga that never ends. In yeah, the I saw Jacksonville, yeah. nine and a half. Cardinals, five and a half. Bengals, 11 and a half. There's some interesting ones I think ones I saw – it was Bengals, Chiefs – and who else all had 11 and a half as the and they were the they had the three highest eagles were 10 and a half i've seen that uh your cowboys nine and a half too so kind of the teams you'd expect at the top chase yeah. just make it easy on yourself save all yeah. that money bet it on the jets to win the super bowl <laughs> chase e t s uh, you're invited oh over to my house for every jets game this 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 year that's <laughs> my next column is, is fade the jets this year <laughs> hey if you want to do a one-on-one -on -one interview with me about aaron Rodgers, chase you know where to find me the love for Aaron Rodgers from you is... I love Lamar more than I love uh, Rodgers, I actually. I think I like Lamar more, Chase. Chase Kitty, Lions Edge Podcast. I, I'm sorry you had to deal with that at the end there. I love you, Chase. <laughs> Good talking to you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, see you guys. <laughs> it's I just it's going to be weird seeing it. It's going to happen. Eventually, he's going to be in a Jets uniform. Oh, yeah. Let's but just like, get this thing over with, yeah. though, you know? Well, it's just there. It's it's. Oh, this is what happens in trades, right? I just want to see where Lamar ends up. I don't care. We already know, know where Rodgers is going. It's just they're trying to figure out. And the Packers are going to get slighted. They're going to get a second-round pick this year. Yep. They'll get a second-round pick not next year but the year after because the Jets just want to make sure that they don't have to give up more if Rodgers decides not to play next year. Like, they want him for two years. That's what this all comes down yeah. to. The Jets want Rodgers for two years, not just one year. I don't year blame left. them. It's, it's, a, it's a commitment. Me either. And you can hey, afford it. Price of brick going up. Got a, got, a, got a bunch of young guys on that roster. They got rookie Sorry, contracts. Jets. The perfect time to do it. So.